oral health is a big part of overall health for both children and adults. And sometimes it's seen as a luxury, but prevention is so important in oral health and it's it's linked to so many different chronic diseases. So just encourage all the providers out there to really think about the whole patient. Welcome to This is Rural Health, a podcast from the California State Rural Health Association. The CSRHA is focused on ensuring that the needs and voices of rural Californians are expressed and heard and is continually working toward improving the quality and length of life of rural Californians. This podcast brings together leaders in rural healthcare with policy advisors, community leaders, and other forward thinkers to gain a better understanding of what's happening across today's rural healthcare ecosystem. Each week, you'll hear the unique perspectives of industry and community leaders and how they're finding innovative solutions to the challenges of a rapidly changing and increasingly complex healthcare industry. Hello, my name is Michelle Schneider, Vice President of the California State Rural Health Association, and I'm so pleased to have Dr. Mega Sada join me today for the This is Rural Health podcast. Dr. Sada is the Dental Director of the South Bay Children's Health Center, is a faculty member with a variety of schools that focus on education for dental professionals, and she is the co-chair of the National Give Kids a Smile Advisory Committee through the American Dental Association. And today, Dr. Sada's shared some fabulous thoughts and tips about raising awareness about oral health, dental workforce education, teledentistry, and how that access has increased since the COVID-19 pandemic, as well as oral health being a big part of all of our overall health. So I invite you to listen to our conversation with Dr. Megasada. Good morning, everyone. Thank you for joining us with This is Rural Health. I'd like to welcome our guest, Dr. Mega Sada. Dr. Sada, can you please share what you do in California and all of the roles you share volunteer-wise? Sure. Thank you, Michelle, for having me. I'm Mega Sata. I am, my day job is dental director of the South Bay Children's Health Center. South Bay Children's Health Center is a nonprofit agency that serves underserved children and young adults. And we focus on dental health and mental health. Um, And those are, you know, as most of you probably know, these are two areas that have a lot of unmet needs in the underserved community. I've been with South Bay Children's Health Center serving as dental director for about 15 years. And uh, before that I was in private practice. So when I came to the center as first a volunteer and then a staff dentist and then dental director, I really shifted careers because uh, I really love community dentistry. Um, In addition to being dental director, I am faculty at West LA College of Hygiene in Los Angeles. And I am adjunct faculty with Western University of Health Sciences out of Pomona. And I serve as volunteer on the Western LA Dental Society's Foundation Board. I was community outreach chair for several years and just recently stepped down. In addition, I was dental director for Care Harbor of Los Angeles, which is an intermittent clinic, one of these 
sort of super mega clinics that provides free vision, medical, and dental services to people in need and really tries to bring them in and then help link them with a dental home. And my most current sort of uh, leadership role is I was recently elected as co-chair for the National Give Kids a Smile Programs uh, Advisory Committee. And that has been a fun position for me, given that we have the backing of the American Dental Association and such a wide impact. So we just had National Children's Dental Health Month in February. So can you tell our audience about the initiative as well as the American Dental Association's Give Kids a Smile campaign, how it looks nationally as well as what we did in Los Angeles and specifically what people did in California? The ADX campaign to promote awareness for really good oral hygiene habits early on started in actually the 1950s as uh, Children's Dental Health Day. And then it kind of evolved to a month-long commemoration. And finally, um, in 2003, the ADA adopted the Give Kids a Smile program, which actually started the year before in St. Louis. And the goal was with the Give Kids a Smile program to promote events that provided free dental education and services to underserved children nationwide. Um, and, you know, the, the goal of National Children's Dental Health Month is just to raise awareness about how important oral health is for children. I think a lot of times, a lot of people have this false assumption that the health of children's teeth are not as important because they're going to lose their baby teeth. And we know that prevention is so important and these habits have to start early on. We also know how poor oral health can really affect a child um, with high school absences, lower GPAs, um, and pain. And so the ADA kind of formed this campaign to promote the importance of oral health in children, and the Give Kids a Smile campaign came out of that. Currently, we have nationally about 6,500 dentists and thousands of volunteers um, that come together for Give Kids a Smile events that are typically held in February. And to date, the program has served over 7 million children. I can speak to our event that we do with the South Bay Children's Health Center and Western LA Dental Society in Los Angeles, we do free dental screenings for children living in Lawndale, which is generally a community that has a higher percentage of lower income families. And after we screen these children, we send out information on resources for low cost clinics or free clinics, including ours. And then we reach out and we work with the school nurses to get those children that are uninsured in for our Give Kids a Smile event. And so we do between our Give Kids a Smile day and several follow-up visits and working with several other volunteer dentists in the community, we do typically over $40,000 worth of free care a year. And I know we aren't the only clinic or program in Los Angeles doing a Give Kids a Smile program. Some Give Kids a Smile events are only aimed at education and screenings. 
Some are providing comprehensive care. Um, so they, they look very different depending on the host and the type of program can look different. That's amazing. And having seen it firsthand, congratulations to you and all the volunteers. It's such an important event and initiative. Speaking of resources, I mean, obviously, like you said, oral health is important all year round. So when it's not Give Kids a Smile or National Children's Dental Health Month, in general, where can people access resources about oral health, providers, insurance, any of those things? So there are lots of resources, uh, including the American Dental Association's website. There's the American Pediatric Dental Association's website, and they have great information on how what the best practices are to take care of your teeth, your child's teeth, um, your patients, you know, to share with some of your patients. As far as resources for providers, that's where it gets a little trickier, I think, because I can speak to California. You know, they've done a lot to increase, um, to make the Medi-Cal dental program, to make it uh, more relevant and increase the fees, reimbursement, and make it a more value-based system. But uh, my last, the last estimate that I read was that 50% of the children in California are on Medi-Cal and only 15 to 20% of dental providers in California accept Medi-Cal. And out of those, you can imagine for children, many are probably not even comfortable seeing children beyond maybe preventative visits. So therein lies the, you know, discrepancy and the problem with access. Um, you know, and I would assume that in rural areas, that number drops as well. So, you know, as far as access to providers, um, Medi-Cal is trying to update their database of providers. So they have sort of the most recent information of who is actually accepting it and what services they provide. There are also a lot of federally qualified health centers in California, especially in areas where there aren't as many private providers. And federally qualified health centers are great resources. Not only do they provide primary care, um, but they usually have some kind of dental component to them now. You're not limited to what types of insurance they take. Federally qualified health centers get government subsidies to help provide access to anybody in need at a reasonable fee, if not free. So there are a lot of um, lists online of community health centers. There are also lists of federally qualified health centers, usually through county websites. So we are lucky in L.A. County, we actually have an office of oral health and we have a dental director and the office of oral health. Um, you can get to their website through the L.A. County website and they have a list of all of these low cost and free clinics around L.A. County. Dr. Sada, since the COVID-19 pandemic, and we were just talking about access, there's been a lot of conversation and progress with telemedicine and teledentistry. Can you tell us a bit about where we are today with all of that? Yes, actually. So this is one area that's super exciting to me. And I think that Pre-COVID, um, there was a lot of work done in California. I think it was started by Dr. Paul Glassman on trying to get regulation passed to approve uh, reimbursement for teledentistry. 
And the idea with dentistry, because it's such a procedure based, um, you know, healthcare system is that not only can you do consultations, you know, like other fields of health, but what they did was try to expand the scope of allied professionals. So for hygienists, for example, they expanded the scope so that they could treat a patient under indirect supervision. And so for example, if you have a school in a rural area that doesn't have a dental provider nearby, you can, in a more cost-efficient way, send a hygienist or a registered dental assistant that has extended function license to the school. They can take pictures, intraoral pictures, they can take x-rays, they can do their own visual exam, and provide preventative services, cleanings, fluoride varnish. And all of that information is transmitted electronically to a dentist who can then either through live transmission or um, through sort of what they call store and forward, that model, look at all of that information and be able to diagnose. And Although it takes some training, there's a lot of data to support that this works very well and it's so much more cost efficient. And, you know, that helps with sustainability for clinics that serve a low income population and may not have the same reimbursement as, uh, you know, private dentists. It's just increases access greatly. And I see a lot of potential for this model. Now, what's interesting is, you know, this was moving along, but I think because of COVID, um, the idea of telehealth has become so mainstream that it actually, I think, has made patients a lot more comfortable with this. And so, in a sense, once some of these, you know, schools are allow providers back in, or let's say a senior health center allows providers back in safely then I think for patients, they will be a lot more comfortable with this idea of having an allied professional provide services with a dentist providing general supervision, not direct supervision. And I just think it's going to increase access. I feel like dentistry has been a little bit late in the game of expanding scope for allied professionals compared to something like medicine, where they've had physician assistants around for years, registered nurses and things. So I'm excited to see sort of this push in dentistry, and I just think it could have a really great impact, especially on rural populations and on underserved and vulnerable populations. That's amazing and much needed. I mean, obviously, a lot of us have never had telemedicine until a few years ago. So to be able to provide that for our overall health and specifically oral is a game changer for sure. Yes. And I think, you know, when you think of what's happened post-COVID in dental offices with the cost of supplies and materials increasing, um, when you think of how expensive overhead is in LA County because of sheer rent in many of these places, this is really a great option to provide lower cost treatment. Running a brick and mortar office is expensive. And so being able to provide sort of like these mobile services without sort of an expensive dentist just makes so much more sense. Absolutely. And 
Speaking of overall health, are you able to share some practical oral health tips that both companies and regular people can could or should follow? Sure. I mean, a lot of it is there. There are things that everybody has heard before: brush two times a day with fluoride toothpaste, floss. But, you know, I, I think the main thing, like most of healthcare, is it's all about prevention. And I think in many parts of the world, people see dentistry as sort of a luxury uh, healthcare item. And we know that um, poor oral health is linked to things like dementia now, and it's correlated, and heart disease. And so I think getting in for routine preventative visits is key. In addition, you know, brushing twice a day with fluoride toothpaste, using floss helps prevent these bacterias from building up in your mouth. And those same bacterias are the ones that cause inflammation that is associated with a lot of these chronic diseases like heart disease and what we're learning about things like Alzheimer's and dementia, there's there's much more research coming out about all of that. So I think prevention is key. Yeah, I mean, it really goes back to the basics. And yeah, <laughs> let's keep it simple, right? Let's keep it simple. I mean, one thing I have noticed over COVID, and there's been some data coming out about just the increased prevalence of fractured teeth which totally makes sense because everybody is so much more stressed out. And unfortunately, we take it out on our teeth. So one thing I guess that I can add, they may not be intuitive for people or people haven't thought about is, you know, if you're stressed, go to your dentist and look into getting a night guard because it really helps with TMJ pain and it helps prevent the wear on your teeth so that they they last longer. That is an excellent tip. Thank you. And Dr. Sada, is there anything else you'd like to share with our audience about dentistry, oral health, pediatric dentistry, anything in general? I think in summary, I just want to remind everybody that oral health is a big part of overall health for both children and adults. And sometimes it's seen as a luxury, but prevention is so important in oral health and it's, it's linked to so many different chronic diseases. So just encourage all the providers out there to really think about the whole patient and, you know, make sure that you're well-versed in standard of care um, and best practices for oral health and for any patients that are listening think, make sure you get in routinely and focus on prevention. Thank you. Those are excellent tips. And I am sure our audience will take advantage of them. Dr. Sada, thank you so much for your time today. We really appreciate it. And thank you for all of your work in the oral health world in Los Angeles and California and nationwide with your work with the American Dental Association, Give Kids a Smile. Thank you. Thank you for having me. This is Rural Health is the official podcast of the California State Rural Health Association and is made possible by the generosity of our members. Our producer is Noelia Sanchez at Noteworthy Lab. To learn more about the CSRHA or to become a member, visit us at csrha.org. If you have a suggestion for a future guest or topic for the show, email us at podcast at csrha.org. 
To make sure you don't miss any future episodes, please be sure to like and subscribe to our podcast and to follow us on Twitter at CSRJ Podcast. Thank you so much for your continued support of the California State Rural Health Association.